You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves fan site in the fan-sided network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your next order. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy hump day. Happy middle of the week. Today, I want to get into a couple of articles posted online this week and give my commentary on them. There were uh, some Bleach Report articles on the best and worst lottery fits for some players. That'll be a pretty quick conversation, as I think we've kind of already covered that, and it's it's pretty obvious, I think, who the, you know, the worst fit would be among the best prospects at the top of the draft um, from a prospect perspective as well as from the Timberwolves uh, side of things. And then I also want to get back into, once again, the Ben Simmons conversation, which we first really talked about last week, but there's been some more discussion because ESPN has posted, I think it's seven different trades involving lottery picks that they would want to see happen. Exciting trades, blockbuster type trades, most of which, of course, benefit the New York Knicks because that's how this thing works. Uh, but in, anyways, one of them has Simmons going to the Wolves. The Wolves are involved in most of them. So um, I, I want to talk through those and how realistic that is. And then also, um, Darren Wolfson had a podcast, had Bobby Marks, um, the former assistant GM or longtime front office member of the Brooklyn Nets and uh, current ESPN um, analyst. He had him on the podcast. He also had Ryan Saunders on his podcast. So I want to mention a couple of the remarks that Marks made on the Wolfson podcast um, here today as well, and just kind of talk through those. They, They talked a little bit about Ben Simmons as well as John Collins, who's a player that I brought up maybe two weeks ago now. It was prior to the draft lottery as a possibility with Collins going to the Wolves. Um, and so that was a, a name I haven't seen many other places. So I, I wanted to to kind of talk through what those comments were. First off the top here, a quick reminder to please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. That's at Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T. All right, so best and worst lottery fits. This It's actually two different articles on Bleacher Report, both written by Jonathan Wasserman, who generally does a, does a good job over there with his analysis. In terms of the best, this is from the perspective of each projected lottery pick, so each prospect, not from the team's perspective. So basically, where would the best landing spot be for you know this player? So uh, Anthony Edwards, no surprise, is... Uh, is paired up with the Timberwolves in this scenario because, of course, he fits positionally right in between D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. His theoretical skill set fits well in terms of, uh, you know, he could be a slasher. He could hopefully become a spot-up shooter, be a solid defender. All of these things, again, are more projected out than things that he's actually shown. He wasn't an efficient college player. I've talked a little bit about why I'm down on him as a prospect. I understand his ceiling is really high and, uh, and all that, so I, I get why he is a top prospect. Um, but at any rate, from his perspective, uh, uh, Wasserman says that Edwards should want to be drafted by the Timberwolves because he could get touches in the offense as a third option without being, you know, the guy without being super high usage. Um, but he'd get the opportunity to create as kind of a secondary or really even a third creator because the Wolves are going to have Carl Anthony Towns operating the offense a little bit more. He started to do that last year where he actually initiated possessions from outside the arc. And and that seems like something that's going to continue in Ryan Saunders offense. That's something they want him to be doing. So Edwards would really be a third or fourth playmaker 
um, and not have a ton of pressure on him, but would be able to develop his offensive game at the NBA level on a team with other talented offensive players. So that makes a lot of sense to me, considering him as a, or considering the Wolves is the best fit for him. From the player's perspective, the worst fit with the Timberwolves is, again, not really all that surprisingly, James Wiseman, who, as a consensus top three pick, is a realistic option for the Wolves at number one, because there are surely some organizations that have Wiseman number one on their board. But he really is a center. I know there's some people out there that think that he could fit with Carl Anthony Towns. They could run together. I, I'm dubious on that. I don't think it makes a ton of sense. It's not the best use of the number one pick for the Wolves. So he's got Wiseman listed as, or the Wolves listed as Wiseman's worst landing spot and says Wiseman should hope the Wolves don't believe he's the best player at number one. They would have to have Towns play power forward. Um, neither bigs are known for guarding the perimeter. The Wolves have defensive problems. Playing behind Towns isn't good for Wiseman. It's not a, It's not happening. The Wolves are not going to... First of all, he also mentions they would have to trade Towns. The Wolves aren't doing that, and they're not going to take Wiseman one. They're not going to trade back and take Wiseman. There's really no scenario that Wiseman ends up in Minnesota. So this is one of those that kind of goes without saying for me. Um, I, I don't know that we need to spend any more time on that. So interesting reads, you know, to see some of the other ones. So, I mean, incidentally, Anthony Edwards, he's got his worst landing spot is Charlotte, which makes sense. I mean, they've got Miles Bridges, they've got Terry Rozier, they've got, um, you know, uh, Devontae Graham, different guys who are going to need the ball in their hands. In Rozier and Graham's case, playing essentially the same position as Edwards. So I, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but at any rate, the ball isn't mentioned for the Wolves on either article, and that makes sense because, again, as we've talked about, he's not a perfect fit with Minnesota with the presence of D'Angelo Russell. If the Russell ha- trade hadn't happened, this is a no-brainer, and Ball's the number one pick for the Wolves, in my opinion. But with the Russell trade, there's at least some pause. Do you like the fit of Ball and Russell? It's not a perfect fit, but it also would work, um, and, and we have plenty of time to talk about that here in the next few weeks. So um, that was a, just a fascinating uh kind of snapshot at, at from the prospect perspective, which isn't always something that we consider because again, you know, sometimes it doesn't really matter. Like ball probably doesn't care if the wolves draft him, despite the fact Russell is, is already on the Timberwolves because he's still going to get an opportunity. He's not going to be a backup as Wiseman would have to be a backup if the wolves were going to take him. So that's, that's just an interesting perspective to look at things. All right, next up, I want to talk about the, the Simmons trade possibility, the John Collins trade possibility, and kind of concurrently mention the ESPN article, talk through that as well as uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson's podcast, the scoop podcast, where he interviewed Bobby Marks. And they talked about those players as well as a few other names that uh, Wolfson asked Bobby Marks about. And, uh, there wasn't a ton of commentary on some of those names, but we can at least run down the list. A few of those are names we've talked about on this show before. Some of them aren't. Um, so I want to get into that coming up next. Okay, so I want to attack this Ben Simmons conversation. Um, this ESPN article, it's an ESPN Plus piece that was published on uh, Tuesday of this week entitled Lamella Ball to the Knicks. Ben Simmons to the Warriors, seven big NBA draft lottery trades we want to see. Of the seven, the Wolves are involved in three. I only want to focus on the Simmons one today. I, I think we'll get into the the other trade back possibilities a little bit more in Thursday's show. But because of the Wolfson podcast and the Simmons talk there, and just it's it's been a, a hot topic, and especially with Brett Brown getting fired uh, earlier this week, I think the Simmons conversation is one that should be had now. So let's start with the proposed trade on ESPN Plus. Uh, this is an article done by a combination of ESPN insiders, NBA experts. And the proposed trade, according to ESPN, so again, this is where we'll start with this, and then I'll bring in the comments from Darren Wolfson and Bobby Marks. And who knows, Bobby Marks could have been part of this because he is one of the ESPN analysts. It doesn't specifically call them out, but... 
this trade doesn't get Simmons to the Warriors or Ball to the Knicks, but it does get Simmons to Minnesota. And so uh, it's maybe a little bit less sexy in terms of headlines for ESPN. But the proposed trade, according to ESPN, would be the Timberwolves would get Ben Simmons. That's it. The Sixers would get the number one pick in this year's draft from Minnesota, the number 17 pick in this year's draft, also from Minnesota. And then Jarrett Culver, Josh Okogie, and James Johnson. So this is just a two-team trade, Wolves and Sixers. The Wolves would give up both their picks, Culver, Okogie, and Johnson, to make the salaries work. And according to Andre Snellings, who provided the commentary for this, okay, so I guess ESPN analyst, so Bobby Marks did one of the Lamella trades to the Knicks, so we'll get into that one probably tomorrow. Um, But today, Andre Snellings looks like the insider who put together this trade. He said it allows the Sixers to build intentionally around Joel Embiid with youth and depth, add needed financial flexibility. They get the number one pick and can pick between Ball and Edwards. You know, Ball, in theory, has more offensive potential and a higher ceiling on offense in terms of scoring than Ben Simmons does just because his shot is at least a little bit more repeatable and it feels like it's something that could develop and he's got a little bit he's obviously a different style than Simmons while they're both pass first type guys Simmons is more of a you know kind of the bruising bigger point guard balls big but he's gonna have more finesse and touch around the rim um He's a little less athletic than Simmons, but there's a lot of similarities there. So, you know, perhaps they go with Edwards, although I'm not sure that he's the best fit with Embiid either. So it would give the Sixers that opportunity to to pick, but they also get Culver, who theoretically can still turn into a starter in this league. We've talked about that extensively here at Lockdown Wolves. And then Josh Okogie is a probably a six man type of bench guy. And then James Johnson to make the salaries work. And uh, they could, of course, trade his expiring deal later in the season. Um, the commentary for the Wolves here from Andre Snellings on ESPN says Simmons would give the Timberwolves a third young all-star, another franchise caliber pillar who could fit perfectly with Townsend Russell. Simmons is gifted floor general, has size to play power forward, needs to be surrounded by shooters, et cetera. Being surrounded by Towns, Russell, and Beasley um, you know, would spread the floor, allow Simmons to attack the paint. This would be awesome. If the Timberwolves could do this, they would do this. I guarantee you it's been discussed by the Wolves. Maybe they've even floated this offer to the Sixers. I mean, in a heartbeat, Gerson Rosas does this deal. You're really only giving, I mean, Culver's got some upside, but again, we talked about this uh, just a couple weeks ago on this podcast. We debated, would you trade Jarrett Culver for a guy who could start now, like an Alfred Aminu type? And I, you know, I wouldn't trade him for Aminu, but I would trade him for a starting caliber player because the percentage chance Culver becomes a superstar at this point is, you know, throwing a number on it less than 5%. It's, it's, you know, I wouldn't even say it's likely he becomes a starting caliber player. It's certainly possible. Um, but, but at this point in the Wolves, in their development as a developing the roster, they're trying to be in win now mode. So you would include Culver in a trade to get an all NBA player. I mean, Ben Simmons is an all-star. He's an all NBA player. He'd immediately be um, the second best player on the wolves. I mean, he, at least um, him and towns are, are both in the top, certainly 20, if not 15 players in the NBA and D'Angelo Russell's, you know, in that next tier of like, you know, probably somewhere in the 30 to 40 best players in the league. So if you have three of the top 35 or 40 players, you're in good shape. So you do this deal. Johnson obviously is a good player, but he's an expiring deal. And you do that, you add him to the trade, you know, giving up a Kogi hurts just a little because he's a really, he's a nice defender. you like to have that kind of a guy in the wing, but you can find another defender and you don't not do this trade because of Josh Kogi or Jarrett Culver. Um, so, I mean, the Wolves would do this in a heartbeat. I don't see it from a Sixers perspective. And I'm going to bring in the comments from Bobby Marks here on the on the Doogie Wolfson podcast in a second. Um, I, I mean, why would, why would the Sixers do this? I understand wanting to reload a little bit. I understand that the process is over. 
But why give up Ben Simmons, who's just going to enter into that rookie contract extension? You're going to have a new coach. Why take away half of your superstars for your new coach? Just see what happens, right? There's no urgency to trade him unless they really feel like this is the year to reload. And if they love Ball or if they love Edwards and they think that that's the guy to help them reload on the fly, then sure, I guess you get out from the the money. You create a little bit of future cap space for yourself with the expiring contract, get out from the Simmons extension. But what are the odds that Ball or Edwards or Culver are going to become as good as Ben Simmons? Not great. Why would you give up Ben Simmons unless you're just convinced of that being the case? So I mean, I guess if you, if the Sixers decide they want to hit the reset button and Elton Brand wants to remake the roster, you know, of course he's their GM now wants to remake the roster in his own, you know, the way he wants to do it. Now that they are a couple years removed from Hinky and in the front office and they're going to have a new coach and you want to make, remake the roster run and bead, maybe you want a guy with some more offensive potential in LaMelo ball. And you figure he's still more of a pass first guy and can get him bead the ball in, in more advantageous places than what happened, especially in the playoffs um, in Orlando. Um, I guess that's the only reason you do it if you're Philadelphia, but it's for the Timberwolves. This is a slam dunk. I mean, Simmons isn't an absolute perfect fit for Minnesota because of his lack of an outside shot, complete lack of an outside shot. But other than that, I mean, for the points that, that, uh, Andre Snelling's made on ESPN, I mean, that's a hundred percent true. If the other four guys on the floor are all above average three point shooters, then Simmons can score at will in the paint. He can run the break, uh, or he, he can run the point on the break and get the ball to towns, Russell Beasley, anybody else that you plug in as your fifth starter, it doesn't really matter at that point. Your offense is going to be absolutely dynamic. And Simmons also shores up your defense. He's a good defender. And Russell then can guard the least potent of the opposing backcourt members. And you can kind of hide him a little bit. You find another, you know, three and D guy to plug in. Maybe they take somebody at number 33 in this year's draft that can be a solid three and D type guy. Um, they can go out and find somebody still have Jake Lehman to kind of fill in that role potentially as a fourth starter. Uh, so there's a number of different ways to look at this, but you figure the rest out later. If you can have three all-stars on one team, if you can have two top 20 players, you do it and you figure the rest out later. So I, I guess transitioning to the Bobby Marks comments on the podcast with Doogie Wolfson, Doogie asks him about the Simmons possibility. Could this happen? Would the Sixers do it? Um, and Marks essentially says, no, he doesn't think the Sixers would for basically the same reasons I said that, you know, why would you not give the, a new coach a possible, you know, the opportunity to have Simmons on the roster for a year at least and see what you have. Uh, but also that it would make sense for the, for the wolves. Um, so I, I guarantee that Gerson Rosas is going to explore this. I also don't think it's very likely to happen. The trade we talked about last week, which was floated by that Twitter user and, and passed along by John Krasinski and the Athletic, was a sign-in trade where the Sixers would get Beasley, both the Wolves' first-round picks, and a future-protected first-round pick that would be, I guess it'd have to be three years from now because of the Stepien rule. Uh, the Wolves already had traded 2021, so it'd have to be a 23 pick to the Sixers. So would the Sixers do it for Beasley and three first-rounders? you know, the first round pick of the first pick obviously becomes the mellow ball. I, I don't know. I mean, salary wise, you could make that work on the sign and trade. Um, but I think it's unclear, I guess, if the Sixers would rather have Beasley on a larger contract or if they'd rather hit reset with Culver and Akogi and the expiring deal of James Johnson. If that's more of a preference for them at that point. And on the Wolves side, they don't really care because I, I guess it hurts a little to give up Beasley, but, um, Again, now you're not paying Beasley, so you have that money to decide in a couple of years if you're extending Culver to acquire somebody else, all those different things. So um, pretty interesting to consider, but 
again, I just, I just don't see it. And I'm sorry. I just don't see the Sixers being overjoyed about trading Ben Simmons. They don't need to tear everything down. Simmons isn't necessarily not a fit with Embiid. They just need to add some better pieces on the wing. They're going to, that are going to be able to um, be lower usage type guys that can knock down threes. The offense needs to be less stagnant. They have to find a way to get the ball to Embiid in better spots on the floor. And that's why Brett Brown got fired. Um, you know, despite the fact he was a, he, a decent coach over the course of the last like seven years. Um, so I just don't see it from a Sixers perspective, but the Wolves are certainly going to pursue it. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, next, what I want to do is I want to talk about some of the other trade targets that were mentioned on the Wolfson podcast. Uh, we talked about John Collins the other day. I want to run through a list of those names and what some of those, uh, some of those notes were uh, passed along from Bobby Marks. Before we do that, let's talk about our title sponsor, Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is all new, improved, new packaging, new logo, new flavors, new taste. It was already delicious. It was already the easily the best tasting protein bar you would have ever tried in your life. And now it's even better. There are 18 amazing flavors. There's 12 original flavors. There's now six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, which I cannot wait to try, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and lemon almond cheesecake. The bars are all 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're super easy to chew. They're delicious. They're great if you're health conscious and trying to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. Instead of eating a candy bar, eat a Built Bar. It tastes just like a candy bar, but it's healthy for you. They're all low calorie. They're low sugar, high protein, high in fiber, and perfect if you are trying out a keto diet. The flavor profile of the aforementioned cookies and cream, which I cannot wait to try, is 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs. I've had most of the 12 original flavors. My favorites being mint brownie, salted caramel, and the uh, toffee almond one was also fantastic. And I can't wait to try the new ones. Right now, if you purchase while supplies last, you will get a free cooler with your purchase. This only lasts for probably another few days because again, while supplies last, go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 10 bucks off at builtbar.com. And this doesn't have to be your first purchase. If you've already enjoyed Built Bar, you can go back, use the promo code locked on. You'll still get $10 off. And while supplies last, a free cooler with your purchase. Again, that's promo code locked on at builtbar.com. $10 off your next order. All right, some of the other names mentioned on Darren Wolfson's Scoop podcast with uh, Bobby Marks. And, and please go listen to that podcast in its entirety. Doogie does an awesome job and gets some great guests. The second back half of that podcast has Ryan Saunders on it. So I would encourage you to go listen to it. Um, I'll probably mention a couple of Saunders comments, maybe in tomorrow's show, if you don't get the opportunity. But again, I would I would definitely encourage giving that podcast a listen and subscribing to that one as well um, over at scorenorth.com. Bobby Marks, of course, the former Nets executive, current ESPN analyst, Spoke, as I mentioned to Ben Simmons, didn't think that trade was super possible. He did say one of his first comments was basically that the Wolves from having like, if they had gotten a number two pick to the number six pick or whatever, they would have had in his estimation, 30 plus options to try and, and trade or draft or whatever, 30 plus realistic options. And then he now says that the number one pick, he would say that doubles to more than 60 options. Of course, he's just throwing out a number, but He's been in an NBA front office. When he was with the Nets back in 2000, then the New Jersey Nets, they had the number one pick. They took Kenyon Martin. So he's aware of the sort of conversations that happen around those picks. And by having the number one pick, in his estimation, their options doubled. And, and that makes sense. Um, obviously, there's any number of guys the Wolves could take at one. They could trade back. They could trade out. They could trade for an established player. 
and there's no shortage of teams that are that you know want a Lamelo Ball or an Anthony Edwards or a James Wiseman even, and so all those things are possibilities. Um, some of the other names mentioned in this podcast besides Simmons, John Collins, we talked about quite a bit on this podcast, and and Collins is a name that I'm going to keep bringing up because I like the fit. There's question marks about the fit with Carl Anthony Towns, no doubt. There's some people that wouldn't like the fit, and I've already said I'm not sure Gerson Rosas would. I think he's made it pretty clear he he values positional versatility and and flexibility on the roster. And Collins is basically a four or five, and he's not a great defender. So there are some issues, but I tend to think between Collins and Towns, the athleticism is great enough. The the basketball IQ is great enough that David Vanterpool and Ryan Saunders can coach up them, coach them up defensively and the Wolves can be good enough on defense and the front court pairing of Collins and Towns would just be unstoppable. Um, and so I really like that fit. Uh, Marks mentions the possibility of that fit not working, but he also talks about Atlanta potentially, you know, they have Clint Capella now. They obviously went out, they sought out Clint Capella. If they don't think that there's a fit with Capella and Collins, Collins is going to be up for his rookie extension. And if they don't want to pay him, that's their motivation to move him. So that's a name that Mark said to keep an eye out for as a possibility with Atlanta. Names that Doogie threw out to Bobby Marks were Karis Levert of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Mark's made an interesting comment saying that basically Wolfson said, Hey, would the wolves even try and get Levert? Obviously the Nets like him a lot. He's a big part of what they did this year and somehow getting into the playoffs with Kyrie Irving being injured, obviously no Kevin Durant, but with Durant and Irving coming back, would they then want to trade? Would they be open to trading Levert? And Mark said his quote was, there's no trade that offends is what he learned in his time in a front office. Like, unless you're, it's just something completely insane that you would offer inquiring on somebody isn't going to get you hung up on. It's not going to mean that, you know, a team's going to hang the phone up and not have a conversation with you. So the Wolves could ask about Levert. Personally, I think Levert would fit what the Wolves are trying to do. I think he's a little bit, um, I don't think he's a perfect fit. I don't think he's good enough to be a true third star or third option in a, you know, championship level offense. He certainly still has some, some upside and there's no doubt about that. Um, but I don't, I don't love him as a trade target. They talk about Buddy Heald, his struggles in the Orlando bubble. You know, would you, Marks brings up the cap, you know, would you, give Buddy Heald the extension he just got on the open market? Would you give him over a hundred million over four years? My answer is no. I would imagine the Wolves answer is no too. So I don't love him as a trade target either. They, uh, other guys, they mentioned Victor Oladipo, the Pacers, Drew Holiday with the Pelicans. I, again, I, I don't think we talked about this the other day. I don't think you seek him out in a trade. I think he's going to get paid too much for what he is. And I don't love the fit. If you're seeking out a trade to find a third star that fits the roster, I don't love it. Um, Bradley Beals mentioned, but again, why would Washington really entertain that possibility unless they love somebody at number one? Um, one other intriguing trade target that we've only really alluded to briefly on the show is the Chicago Bulls. They have the number four pick. Um, somebody suggested on Twitter, uh, the other day, um, to, I think at the Dunkin' with Wolves Twitter, actually, when I was, I was over there. Uh, the number four pick and Wendell Carter Jr. I don't think Carter Jr. makes a lot of sense for the Wolves. I think he he doesn't fit what they're trying to do. Could Laurie Markkinen be a possibility? He's going to get paid a lot of money, but you have a year before you need to figure that out. And he's um, maybe a less good defensively, but more potent offensively version of Juancho Hernan Gomez in some ways. So, I, I mean, I think I'd just as soon have Hernan Gomez for five, five and a half, maybe six million than Markkinen at 
you know, what he's going to get as an extension. Um, and then you have the cost certainty of Hernan Gomez and maybe he eventually gets bumped to the bench, especially if you acquire a John Collins. But if Hernan Gomez at five or 6 million is your bench four, you're in a pretty good spot. Whereas Markinen's going to be up for an extension. You don't want to pay him what he's going to get paid probably. So I don't know that I love the trade with the bulls possibility, but it's out there. Um, if you can pick up Markinen and only slide back three spots and still get a Killian Hayes or a Tyrese Halliburton or somebody that the wolves like, just as much or more in terms of fit than a LaMelo baller and Anthony Edwards, then why not take a flyer and market in? And if he has a breakout year next to towns, you could always choose to extend him. If you think he really can be your third star, choose to move on from Malik Beasley. Maybe you can retain Beasley, still resign market in. And you got towns and Russell on your max deals. Beasley and market are each making 12, 13, 14 million. You can make that work cap wise. You'd be pretty capped out, uh, but it's a possibility. And if the wolves like market in, they don't have to extend him either. They could make the trade, slide back three spots, maybe pick up another asset for their trouble just in case they don't extend Markkinen. And then, you know, I mean, what are they really out? They gave it a shot. And it, and the best case scenario is Markkinen breaks out. So I, I don't hate that as a possibility, picking up the foreign Markkinen from Chicago. Um, so there's also a little bit of a conversation about Malik Beasley and his contract situation. Uh, Marks makes a, a really interesting analogy to a Rubik's Cube where you look at it on one side and, and it looks wonderful. All the colors align, you flip it over and it's a mess. Uh, the possibility of extending Malik Beasley or signing and trading him is basically that, right? I mean, he's for what he is, he's fantastic, but you worry about overpaying him. You worry about losing him with his upside. There's a lot of question marks surrounding the Malik Beasley situation. And I've said this before, but I think it's the most fascinating question mark of the off of the off season for the Timberwolves is what's his value. Do you keep him? Do you trade him? Do you let him walk? Um, you know, the 14 games he played in Minnesota were fantastic. He was awesome. 20 points a game, 42% from three shooting eight or nine threes a game or whatever it's going to be. There's a lot of things to like about Malik Beasley, but is he worth $13 million a year as a, you know, undersized, no defense guy who can't create off the dribble? Is he better used as a bench player? And, and at that point you can't pay him 13 million a year. Um, so that's, that's a huge question mark of this off off season. Um, incidentally, Marks does talk a little bit about LaMelo Ball. He had some personal interaction with him preparing for the draft and said that he loves LaMelo Ball's personality, his approach to the game, that he loves playing basketball. It's not, he's not going to care where he lands in the draft. He would be fine playing in Minnesota. He'd love to be the number one pick. And that flies in the face of some of the social media chatter around the mellow ball. There's this perception because of the ball family. And of course, because of his dad, LeVar, that there could be an attitude problem with ball that he might not love to be in Minnesota, that he may not want to be in a place with another ball handler, like a D'Angelo Russell. But, uh, Bobby Mark seems to think that that fit could work. He acknowledges the defense is going to be a mess, but having two ball handlers is good. And from a personality, from a culture perspective, he thinks Lamella ball could fit. So just throwing that out there. And he's somebody who's dealt with him personally and really doesn't have any skin in the game in terms of which, uh, you know, which team's going to draft, uh, which player early in the draft. So I thought that was a really interesting objective opinion. All right. Later this week, I want to get into the other potential trades mentioned on ESPN involving the number one pick that would end up with the Knicks basically landing that pick. But there's a couple interesting options. So I want to talk through that. I want to get more into the Saunders Doogie Wolfson conversation on his podcast. And possibly by Friday, we'll have our crossover mock draft. If not, it'll be early next week. We're still working to coordinate that uh, with some other hosts here on the Locked On NBA Network. So looking forward to that. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts, 
on the biggest story. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves. That's at Lockdown T Wolves. Don't forget the T. Also, once again, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. You can go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 10 bucks off your next order. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.